this morning. We're going to see what the Lord will do for us tonight. Amen. And we're going to be going to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 5. We're going to read beginning to verse 6 down through verse 10. Amen. 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, 6 through 10. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we are always confident. Notice that word always. Now that was Apostle Paul speaking, not modern day Pentecostals. How many know sometimes we lose our confidence? Sometimes we, 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 we worry how something's going to turn out. Amen. Hallelujah. But uh, that's, that's not in God's plan for us. Worry is not of God. If so, if worry didn't come from God, where does it come from? It's got to come from the devil, don't it? It's got to come from the enemy. God wants us to be confident always. We are always confident, knowing that while we're at home in the body, huh, we, uh, we, uh, we talked about some of this last Wednesday night, didn't we? Hallelujah. Knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, there's that word confident again, yes, well pleased rather uh, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Amen. I don't know about you, but I think it'd kind of be nice to be able to sit down right beside Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have a little talk with him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Therefore, verse 9, therefore we make it our aim. Whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to Him. We make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what He's done, whether good or bad. Let's pray. Lord, as we come tonight, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be back in your house this evening. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for the service on today. And now, Lord, we go into your word, the word of life, one more time. We pray, God, that you will speak to us. Let us go home this evening uh, to go and start a new week being built up and encouraged in you, ready to fight the enemy, Lord. In Jesus' name, let the church say Amen and amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to speak to you on a subject titled tonight, Taking Aim at the Challenge. Taking Aim at the Challenge. I'm going to tell you what, Travis, he's getting professional. Thinks he's professional up here, doesn't he? <laughs> amen. Taking Aim at the Challenge. He said, therefore, we make it our aim, whether it be present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. Uh, as we go into the Word of Life this evening, I want us to consider the desire to live your life pleasing to the Lord. I think about the song that Sister Darlene sings, It's My Desire. Uh, I have a desire to do everything I do 
that he will be pleased. And somebody said, oh, you're trying, you're trying uh, to work your way to heaven. No, because you can't work your way to heaven. But I want to live pleasing to him because of what he's done for me. Because he did take away that shame, as Brother was talking about a little while ago. Because he did change my name from Adam to Sammy Jesus. Amen. Y'all remember Brother Johnny James? Remember that? He said, my name is Johnny James Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, I took on his name. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. He changed my name from Adam. Amen. And I'm his child today, and so are you. Hallelujah. And because of what he's done, you ought to have a desire in your heart. So you know what? I want to live every day of my life pleasing to God. Don't try to live your life to suit your pastor or nobody else. Your aim, and you need to take aim at this. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. But your aim ought to be living to please Christ. What if I, what if I kick over right up here right now? You know, and you and you know what? There've been a few that's done it, and I think, man, uh, I'm, I've, I've been I've been doing this all my life, and it just suit me fine. I'll be up here one one Sunday night and just and just go on to glory while preaching the gospel. That'd be a good way to go. What if I just kick over, and uh, there'd have to be somebody else come in here to. Take up the reins and pick up the torch and carry on. If you've been living to please me, then you're going to have to figure out what it's going to take to please the other fellow. Amen? But we don't follow man, we follow God. Hallelujah. And I try to stress that here, and I, I try, it's, and, and, and there, there are some men who, who don't really understand what a pastor is, amen, they, uh, they're more or less a dictator and they just want to drive everybody in the head. And you you got to do it my way. You know, it's my way or the highway. But I want you to know tonight that it's not my way. It's His way. It's His way. And we need to take aim. We need to make it an aim to live to please Him. In fact, this should be considered a challenge for all who have been called out of darkness into His marvelous light. The Apostle Paul told the church at Corinth that as a Christian, we make it our aim to be well-pleasing. Look at your neighbor and say, well-pleasing. Well-pleasing to Christ. Now, I know some people say that that's an impossibility. You know, we got a lot of people say, well, it's impossible to live pleasing to the Lord. It's impossible to live right. It's impossible to, to do right. But I declare unto you that if you never take aim at nothing, that is exactly what you're going to hit. Whether or not you got a bow, you got a gun, or, or you got the sling that David had, if you, if you don't take aim at anything, that, if you don't take aim at nothing, that's exactly what you're going to hit. Nothing. Hallelujah. Amen. 
And it's not how many times you fall and stumble. It's how many times you get up, dust yourself off, and keep on trucking down the road. Hallelujah! Glory to God. Not everything I've aimed at, I've hit. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, if I stood up here with a crossbow and started trying to take aim, everybody in here better duck. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. I mean, I might think I'm aiming, aiming one way, and it might be going some other kind of way. Amen. But if you don't aim at anything, you're never going to hit nothing. Hallelujah. We need to make it our aim, taking aim at the challenge, the challenge of living our life to please the Lord. Hallelujah. How many believe that tonight? Now, I want to talk about what, what's the key to pleasing God. The key is in fruitfulness. And let me just, let me do a little talking tonight. Hallelujah. Let me get right down here. I, I like, I, I like Brother Bill on this level down here anyway. The key is fruitfulness. If you're taking aim to please the Lord, then you're going to have to start bearing fruit. Hallelujah. You're going to have to start bearing fruit. Colossians chapter 10, or chapter 1, excuse me, in verse 10. What's it say? That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Notice he's got that word all pleasing. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, don't look at that and say that's what it takes to get saved. Because that's not what it takes to get saved. Amen. That's, this, is, this is what you do after God's done something in your life. You know, He has reached down and picked me up out of the marred clay. He set my feet up on the rock. Hallelujah to stay. He's tucking away the guilt, taking away the shame. Hallelujah. I don't have no past, praise God. Hallelujah. I don't have no skeletons in the closet. I let God clean them out alone. I don't have to worry about that. Hallelujah. So I'm going to take aim because of what He done for me, brother. Amen. I want to do what I can to please Him. Now, I love... My parents, and I was close to my father, and as I got older and I, uh, I knew what he stood for and everything, and I tried, I tried, you know, to please him, but I can't tell you that everything I did while I was growing up, I pleased him. There were some things I did I didn't please him. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's the same way with Jesus Christ. Everything that comes out of your lips ain't going to be pleasing to God. Hallelujah. Because there's going to be some times that you engage your mouth before you engage your brain. Hallelujah. Amen. What? I can't be the only one here. I know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So, there are times... We don't please Him. But you know what? Apostle Paul said, He knows we're flesh. He knows we're but the dust. And all He expects, brother, all He expects is when we realize we've messed up, 
Don't be like a politician and try to cover it up. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Don't be like some of them jokers up there in Congress and even in the White House. And start. Do you, do you know that the biggest thing that got, got them in, got, has always got them in trouble was not the act, but the cover-up? Hallelujah. We have never known anything about Watergate if it wasn't for the cover-up. Hallelujah. When you realize that you haven't done something quite pleasing to the Lord, just go to Him and talk to Him. Talk to him like he's your daddy, like he, because he is. We call him Abba Father. That word is Abba, amen, is equivalent to our daddy. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord, and you know, I messed up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. I says, all right. Keep on trucking. Keep on going. Hallelujah. So I'm talking about a God of grace. I'm talking about a God of mercy. I'm talking about... A God that's different than some preachers I know. Brother Greg, he's a God to hold brother, see you go to heaven, see you go to hell. Hallelujah. Amen. I never will forget when I was working at Stage Stove, there was there was a man uh and he was um he was pushing forty at the time and uh, he was well well groomed man. Uh he 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 uh, you know his his hair his hair was cut a lot short or shorter than what mine is right now, and he was an intelligent, intelligent man, but he didn't have nothing to do with churches because when he was a teenager he was we got to talking and he told me he said well, I'm going to tell you he said I'm going to tell you he said I've been to church in 20 years and I'm going to tell you why. He said, I was invited to go to church one time. He said, he said it was, a, it was a, uh, uh, some kind of Pentecostal church out, uh, he says, out in West Nashville. He didn't say where in West Nashville. There's more than one uh, Pentecostal church out in that area. And he, uh, he, says, I was, he said, I was a teenager. He said, and that, that was the time period, uh, you know, he said that, uh, that, that all guys had, man, they had the hair down to here, you know. And uh, he said, I was invited to go to church, so I went to church, and I went in, and I sat. He said, about the middle ways up. He said, the preacher came, when he came walk in, he said, he said that man didn't know me from Adam. Never had laid, laid eyes on me before in my life. And says, he stopped at my pew instead of say, nice to have you to be with us tonight. But he said, this man looked at me and said, boy, if you don't get that hair cut off, you're going to die and spit the hell wide open. I said, What? Man, I've had some guys tell me, he said, uh, Brother Sammy, I said, I heard you don't preach against beards. I said, no, I don't preach against beards. I didn't take you for no compromiser. So why do you want to take me for a compromiser? He said, because, man, all that hair and all that facial stuff and everything. I said, uh, I, said I, 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 got a, I got a problem. He says, what is that? I said, do you, do you know... The Bible gives the description of what all they did to Jesus when they crucified him. He said, yeah. I said, do you know the Bible says that they plucked his hair out of his face, his beard out? I says, evidently he had to have something growing there to pluck it out. You know, you, here's the problem, folks. Too many times we, we major on minor things. 
And like, like Brother T.F. Uh, T. Tinney and, and Alexander says in that book he wrote, we need to make the main thing the main thing. Oh, amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to tell you something. God is not half as hard as what a lot of some people are. And some people act as this. They'd rather see you go to hell and go to heaven. But I'm going to tell you what. God is a God of grace and mercy. And He had rather see you go to heaven. Hallelujah. Because He created it for you. He made it for you. And He's not sitting up there on a throne high and mighty just waiting with uh with Now, it's, it's, not, it's not a legal pad no more. But, but see, he, he keeps up with all the Mac stuff. Uh, he's he's like, like Brother Joe up there, you know. And... Uh, I mean, uh, uh, every time a new one comes out, he's got to have the latest stuff. But he's not up there recording every time we mess up. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, it's the truth anyhow. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's move on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What did I do with my, my, my paper? Hallelujah. <laughs> the key is fruitfulness. All pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Listen, folks, as you begin to aim at hitting the mark of pleasing God, now listen to me, follow me right here. You begin by setting the crosshairs on fruitfulness. That's what you got to aim at. Because God desires all His saints to be fruitful. God has called you to be fruitful. You know that? He's called me to be fruitful. He's called you to be fruitful. Hallelujah. God wants you to produce fruit. He did not call you to just to keep a, a, a pew warm. Amen. But He called you to be fruitful. To be busy in the kingdom of God. Doing things for His kingdom. And the only way we can do that is to abide in Christ. John 15 and 4. Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. If we're going to be fruitful, if we're going to bring forth fruit, we've got to stay in Jesus. We've got to stay in Him. We've got to have a relationship with Him. And I'm not going to tell you that it's necessary for you to, pre, uh, to pray five hours every day. But the Word of God says that we're all supposed to pray without ceasing. You know, I go, I go through my day in a meditation. You know, I'm talking... I'm talking to the Lord. And I, and I actually listen for God to talk to me. You mean God talks to you, Brother Sammy? Yeah. Sometimes He talks to me through other people. Somebody might stop and start saying something, and I can hear the voice of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes this guy here sends me a, a, a thought for the day. Amen. And sometimes God speaks to me through some of those things. And maybe a week, two or three weeks, a month or something later, there might be a message come out of some of that stuff. Hallelujah. God speaks to us through His creation. Look around and see the beauty of creation. 
I'm going to tell you what, if you really want God to speak to you, just go, just go up, amen, to East Tennessee. Hallelujah, amen. I mean, God is all around. His presence is all, amen. Uh, what, what's that singer that um, uh, used to come and sing for Brother Hell all the time? Uh, he, he was a grand old opera star. Uh, and uh, one of the songs, that he, Walter Bales from the Bales Brothers. Now, if you remember the Bells brothers, you are you you're telling how old you are. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> but one of the songs that he he wrote was a beautiful song, uh, and um, uh, they actually lived up in in East Tennessee, close to Pigeon Forge, and he said, "I get mighty close to heaven in these hills." Amen. Beautiful song. Hallelujah. If you just take just take some time, let God speak to you. He'll talk to you in many ways. Amen. Don't just sit under a juniper tree and wait for God to speak to you in an audible voice. (laughs) Amen. Let God, you know, I mean, when when Elijah was running away trying to die, you know, he he was looking for the voice of God in the wind. Was it there? Was was, He was looking for it in the earthquake. Was it in the earthquake? No, he wasn't in the earthquake. In the fire? No, he wasn't in the fire. Where, Where did you hear the voice of God? Still small voice. Hallelujah. Now, let me tell you something. I enjoy the exuberance of worship when we're shouting and we're praising God and we're glowing. But I'm going to tell you what. Man, there's something about when there's just a sweet spirit begin to move in the place. Oh, man. And the presence of the Lord becomes so rich. Man, we've experienced the presence of God over on Meridian Street, and you can almost see the Shekinah glory cloud. I mean, I, 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 it, it's looked like if there's been a cloud inside that place before. That's, that, that's how the Shekinah glory came in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. I mean, that's just beautiful. Hallelujah. Amen. But if we abide in Him, we can bring forth fruit. Hallelujah. Uh, and also, we need to understand He has chosen us. To bear fruit. He has chosen you to bear fruit. John 15 and 16. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Mm. Man, that's powerful. Church, you will never please God apart from bearing fruit. And in fact, all who doesn't bring forth fruit will eventually be discarded. If I don't bring forth fruit, if you don't bring forth fruit, the day will come that we're going to be discarded. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 3. I'm I'm winding down right now already. And now also the axe is laid into the root of the trees... Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Hallelujah. Amen. We've got to bring forth fruit. Fruit is, the, is a sign that God is at work in our life. Fruit is a sign that God is working through our life. You know, we got it so much better today. Man, we got, we got the nice baptistries and we can got the heaters on, the filters, and I mean, I, I, the way this one is, man, 
I mean, we can cut that thing on, and we can we can we can make it like a sauna in there, you know, and a, a whirlpool. I mean, it's amazing, you know. We got all that, but and so you know, we can just go ahead and somebody repents if they're ready to be baptized. We say, well, man, here we are. We got the we got the water, and we got the got the pool and everything. It didn't always used to be that way. Amen. Amen. Back when I was a kid in churches, my dad hadn't. Uh, uh, there wasn't ever there wasn't ever one church he ever pastored even had a pool in it. It was the one that was over on Fox Avenue, and it was covered up under the choir up there, uh, under the floor. Uh, but uh, and people people who come come to the Lord during the winter time, most of the time they'd wait the spring, and then there'd be a huge big baptizing down to Mill Creek in the springtime. You know, and uh, you know what? That, that, that could be a good point, really, because it's time not to see where somebody's bearing fruit that shows fruit that they've actually repented. Because there's a whole lot of people sometimes we baptize and never did truly repent. That scripture that I read there came from John the Baptist, and when he was out baptizing, people started coming to Pharisees, and different ones started coming to him wanting to get baptized. He said, you generation of pit vipers. You rattlesnakes, who have fleed you, who have warned you to flee the wrath to come? He says, no, I'm not going to baptize one of you. You first bring me some fruit and meat for repentance. Show me something proving you repented. Because remember, folks, sometimes we forget there's got to be a repentant first. There's got to be a change in heart. If there ain't no change in your heart, <laughs> Lord, you got to either there or down to Mills Creek, I can baptize you and keep ducking you in the water till every tadpole knows your name. <laughs> but it's not going to do you any good. It's not going to do you any good. Hallelujah. There's got to be some fruit of repentance. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Now, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to close with one final point. We all are concerned with being able to have positive answered prayer. Amen. How many can raise their hand and say you definitely can, you know sometimes that you've prayed for something and you know God has answered that prayer? Let me see your hands. Hallelujah. Everybody in the house. Hallelujah. And you know there, I don't know what it is, man, it's just something about when you pray and that prayer comes through. Man it, makes, man, it just makes you feel good. Makes you, you think, man, you know, the Lord, the Lord is hearing me. Well, there's a secret. There's a secret to positive answered prayer. There's a secret to positive answered prayer. First John, chapter three, verse twenty-one. This is going to be the last scripture I'm going to go to tonight. Beloved. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because. Because. Whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His Side. Leave that scripture up there. What I'm, I'm talking about tonight, take a name at the challenge of living your life 
to please the Lord. If you strive, and I'm not telling you that you've got to stay perfect and not mess up. That's not what I'm saying because the Bible don't say that. But if you, if see, God knows your heart. He knows my heart. And He knows our motives. He knows what our intentions are. And even if you flub up, if you had the intentions, you was honest, you was wanting to do right, but it just didn't happen. God knows that. He knows that you're aiming. You might not hit the bullseye every time. You might not hit the bullseye every time, but you're aiming for it. Hallelujah. Maybe it'd be sometimes like like the excuse I like to use, well, a gust of wind come by. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, the wind took that bullet that way, you know. Hallelujah. Amen. But because, because, Hallelujah. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. We need to set our aim of living our life to please the Lord. When we do that, we will begin to walk in a different dimension. One that we've never knew before with the blessings of God just coming upon us like we cannot not imagine. Hallelujah. Take an aim. Take an aim. You're not going to hit the bullseye every time, but don't, because you don't hit the bullseye every time, don't let that discourage you and dishearten you to just giving up. Amen. Um, I had, uh, you know, if you're a parent, a lot of times <laughs> when when the report cards come, sometimes it becomes necessary to sit down with some of your children, talk to them, and uh, you know say, you know, I know you can do better than this. But I had one. We had we had one. You just strive so hard to be perfect in everything that. I actually one time had to, had, to, had to set them down and talk to them and told them it was all right that they got to be on something. Because they, was, they were just ready to quit completely, you know. Uh, God is looking just to see, are you taking aim? Are you taking aim? Are you striving? Are you, are you striving for the challenge? Hallelujah. That's what God is wanting. Hallelujah. That's what God is wanting out of us. Hallelujah. Let's everybody stand together tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, mighty Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If anybody would like to have prayer or have any kind of need, we want to give you an opportunity to